0: Hello, this is Ryan Chapman with Fix Your Funnel. And in today's interview, I have a very special guest. The fact that somebody who I go to for when I need advice and feedback on my marketing. And he is somebody that I've been able to go to quite frequently. And I'm glad to have him here today with you guys. This is Henry Evans. Henry, welcome. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here, buddy. This is great. Well, so... If you don't know Henry, Henry runs a, a few businesses. One of the businesses where I would see him quite frequently was in the San Diego marketing chapter of the Hour Day Entrepreneur, and he teaches marketing and business concepts there, things to really get things done and make money. So, Henry, tell us a little bit about your business.
1: Absolutely. So, I run a small business consulting and training business. We help small businesses succeed and grow sales, revenue, and profits while simultaneously working less. So the book that I wrote called The Hour Day Entrepreneur is all about how I left the corporate world. As I like to say, I was, a, I was a corporate schmuck and how I left that on an hour a day. And so I'm real big on time management and being really effective and efficient with your time. And so I weave a lot of those principles into direct response marketing to help business owners get better results fast.
0: You, you use quite a bit
1: of technology in your business. Absolutely. Um,
0: how are you using technology to get leverage?
1: You know, that that's a that's a really good question because I'm, I'm I'm huge on technology. Anytime I can uh, do things faster or easier, the better. And uh, it started when I was a kid. My dad gave me my first day timer when I was 10 years old. And so I, I, I was, you know, the only kid in school with a day timer yeah. keeping track of time and And uh, so um, when computers came out, I was the first kid in school to write a computer on the, I'm sorry, to write a report on a computer um, when, when I was in sixth grade, the first one in the whole school district, I think. And so I've always loved technology and how it can leverage. And so. You came from a small town, didn't you? Small town, yeah, outside of Buffalo, New York, where it snows all the time. And uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I kind of made the computer
0: work better because it was so cold, right? It did.
1: Well, I mean, there wasn't anything else to do outside in the winter, so I had to stay inside and learn how to how to use a computer. And so today, I I, I leverage a lot of you know software as a service tools like what you have and Infusionsoft and um, project management tools online. I mean, there's uh, nowadays the thing that I like in helping small business owners is that if you start up something today, if you own a small business. Technology levels the playing field. So you can literally compete with a big company like Walmart or Amazon or, you know, anybody who you compete with. Uh, you can do so now. You can have a website that looks just as good as their, you know, just as good as theirs. Uh, you can have an e-commerce store that works where people can buy online from around the world and you can run it all from, you know, a spare bedroom at your house if you wanted to. It's really technology has empowered small business owners. And that's what I really like to do is help them see that and then recognize that. Well, I know that you use uh, technology especially to orchestrate
0: projects because you have a lot of big projects that you're working on that you've done. And uh, tell us a little bit
1: about what are some of your secrets there. Absolutely. So, so I've, I've used every project management tool out there, I think, from Basecamp to Trello to um, uh, Asana. Uh, I'm using a tool now called Rike, which is W-R-I-K-E. It's an online project management tool that's outline-based, so it's very easy and fast. I'm, I'm all about speed. Um, I have this saying, which I know you've heard me say, that money is attracted to speed. So literally, yeah. if you work faster and with a purpose and with a mission and you know work with speed, money is actually attracted to that. So uh, I'm a big believer in anything that speeds up my day, speeds up my business. And so Wrike uh, is a tool I use right now. It's an online software as a service. Yeah. And so um, it's fantastic for being able to share projects with people that are either located sitting next to you in the office next door or located around the world. You can all collaborate in one tool. I also uh, use a tool called Teamwork PM, okay. uh, which is now teamwork.com. Uh, I like that tool as well, and I've had a lot of success with that. But those are some of the tools I use for project management. And if if, if you're new to project management – and haven't done it before. Um, Trello, which is one that I've used before, which is a free one. It's T R E L L O, and we can put all these resources here on on as well for people who are listening. But Trello is a visual project manager where you can actually see everything on the screen, yeah. and you can move things from one box to another. Do you like
0: column. Trello? I, I'm not. I wasn't
1: a huge fan. I, I like actually it. liked it when I when I had a very small team of you know two or three people. Now I have like four or five. I thought it was a little hard to use. Um, but it all depends. I mean, you want to find a tool that works for you. So if you're a visual person, yeah, um, and you have a very small team, I think it's great for that. Bigger teams, I go more teamwork or Asana or We're like, with Asana right now. Asana yeah. works great.
0: That, that brings up another point which I really think is even more valuable. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about, which is how do you work with a team? Because I think this is where <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck because I've seen people make good money working by themselves. But there's a, there's, a, there's a point where you hit that you cannot get past working by yourself because it's just physics, right? There's only so much time in the day. There's only so many things that you can know and do. And so you have to be working with the team and somehow. And that's something you've really specialized and taught a lot of people. I know I've learned stuff from you about team.
1: How do you use the team? That's a great point. So uh, a friend of mine who just uh, sold a part of his company for um, nine figures, so incredibly successful yeah. exit for him. and. Uh, He uses the term, uh, he has a lot of great lieutenants, which I thought was really a good one. And at the end of the day, um, you have to gain leverage through technology is one way to do it, through um, having other people do work for you is another way to do it. And really the third way to do it is through your capital, through money, putting your money to work for you in other places. And um, uh, having other people do work for you is a huge secret. Um, When I'm explaining this to somebody who's an entrepreneur I'm meeting with, I always say, You know, Richard Branson owns 800 companies at last count. Do you think he's ever on a Virgin Atlantic flight sweeping the floor and cleaning up the plane during the changeover? Of course not. He has somebody do that and somebody manage that person. Somebody manage them and manage them and manage them. He's way at the tippy top. So you actually get paid more for thinking and delegating work than for actually doing work. And uh, I have a whole hiring program I put together because I've gotten really good at hiring and finding people. And 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 it basically walks people through a process on how to get help. I call it how to find the perfect assistant. That's the first person to hire. Then you have to have a project manager um, or a COO if you're a bigger company, somebody who's going to like manage projects and other people for you. And then you basically fill in the team. And at the end of the day, how you want it to look, so you take you know Ryan, for example, because yeah. you obviously have a great skill set. You want to focus on just what you're great at and delegate all the rest of the stuff. I
0: found that... The biggest temptation as an entrepreneur, especially because as an entrepreneur, when you're getting started, you have to learn how to do everything. Right. Because you can't, you haven't figured out mentally. I think it's a development process, right? Um, you haven't figured out that you need to have other team members. So you try and do it all yourself. Oh, I'm going to go figure out WordPress. I'm going to yeah. learn how to do a lead pages. Yeah. We, <laughs> and we think that it's because we can't afford to get staff. Now, I was about to say that and then I realized that's not the, the reality. The reality is we just don't understand how to make it work with with paying somebody to do it, and so we think we have to learn it all, and so you, you become this jack of all trades, and then maybe you start to figure some things out. You start getting a team built around you, but what I found is a big temptation is to slide into just doing it instead of
1: delegating. Oh, it'll it. be faster to just do it myself. I'm not going to. delegate you run into that still? I mean, Absolutely. I, I mean, delegate. there are, there are things that I'm 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 very fast at video editing, audio editing. Um, I'm fast at doing website updates, but I, I have to check myself and say, "Am I doing?" 10 or $20 an hour work right now. And if I am, I need to get it off my plate. And, and that's the, at the end of the day, that's the real deliminator is you look at your time and how much money you're making per hour. If you want to make a million dollars in a year, then again, whatever it is for you, $100,000, $100,000 is easy. It's $100 an hour. Million dollars a year is $1,000 an hour, just for rough numbers. So yeah. if you want to make $100,000 this year and you've only made 40 or 50, and likewise, if you want to make a million, you've only made two hundred thousand. You can't do the work that you can delegate to somebody else for $10 or twenty dollars an hour. You yeah. have to do more highly leveraged activities, and it, and that's the biggest thing. I teach this this whole time tracking. If you track your time for a week, and if you see, man, I I spent four hours doing Facebook updates. Guess what? You can hire that away for in the Philippines for two bucks an hour. So you shouldn't be posting Facebook updates. That that's not in your job description as a CEO. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: one of the, the real things I got at high school was uh, economics class. And I learned about opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something everybody needs to be aware of and think about. And yes. that's probably the thing that keeps me... And I think the secret to being a good entrepreneur is the ability to say mm-hmm. no. It's not the ability to say yes. huge. Because as entrepreneurs, and especially if you, you know anything about marketing, it's very easy to see the money in everything.
1: Absolutely. I mean, so, I I literally now so I'm actually um, actively looking for 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 a business to buy, which we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. So I'm looking for a business to buy to basically apply all this marketing to. And I have a capital source. I have you know um, access to a lot of capital to buy an existing business and really accelerate it. And it's fascinating when you stop and you look at you know the amount of time that people waste working on things that they shouldn't. And it's the opportunity cost. It's like okay, if you do spend the time. You know, learning HTML and figuring out how to update your website, what are you missing out on? And people don't realize it. It costs you a fortune if you're not spending time on what you're brilliant at. So you look at Richard Branson. What is he brilliant at? He's brilliant at hiring and finding great talent and coming up with great ideas. Yeah. And he says, "He." this is one of the quotes he says, he said, I always try to work myself out of a job. So yeah. if you think of that with yourself, and really that's the definition of owning a job versus owning a business. A business, if you leave it for a year, you come back and it's making more money than when you left. If you leave a job, if you're a dentist and you leave for a year, guess what? There's no dentist practice when you get back. You yeah. Know? So, so that, I mean, you own a job. Nothing wrong with that, but don't confuse owning a business versus owning a job. And most of us own jobs you with know, our business.
0: That, that reminds me, given the time of year, because this is being recorded just before Christmas. Right. Um, Jesus Christ said that, you know, find the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think that's the real challenge for entrepreneurs is really getting to the core of the truth of the matter. Right. We like to tell ourselves a lot of stories to help ourselves because honestly, entrepreneurship is a battle. It is a war. It is. It's a constant mental struggle. And so we tell ourselves stories to help ourselves get through it. And if you're telling yourself the true story, then you can do better with your choices. But if you start to tell yourself, "Yeah, no, what I'm doing here is going to make a big difference," you know, it. If it is, then that's good. But if it's just a story to pacify yourself and why you're staying busy doing the thing you're doing, then it's really dangerous.
1: Exactly, it, it and and robs and, you. and it's funny because I mean, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, and obviously, I mean, you've you've had exposure to Ryan. He's an extraordinarily smart marketer and and, and a very smart businessman, and so. You, know, you want to listen to what he says and tune into the podcast and listen to it I'm sure you're bringing on you know people who know what they're talking about trying. I'm trying to exactly well I mean maybe this is one exception but, <laughs> you know, but but at the at the end of the day when you stop and think about it, it's like you know you and I make these mistakes just like anybody else would And so we're all learning at the same time yeah. and, and um, I've met people who are billionaires and I'll tell you what they really aren't any smarter. Then you or me or anybody who's listening to this, they might have gotten lucky. They might have had a good timing issue. God might have blessed them in an extraordinary way to give back. Who knows? But at the end of the day, it's like if you continue to grow and get better every year, every month, every day, every week, that's how you truly succeed. And with entrepreneurship, that's what it comes down to. It's like, what are you going to do better next year to improve your business, to improve your life? And a lot of these things that we're talking about are different tools and techniques to make that happen. That reminded me of Jim
0: Rohn's quote, which is take the previous year and invest it into the next year, right? Don't just live the same year over and over again, but take each year and take those experiences and invest them. As this is is hitting at the beginning of the year, really think about that. How can I invest all the things I've learned, the things I'm picking up in this podcast, and invest them into this next year so I really make a difference? And
1: And then stop and think about what's the best thing to invest in. Is it a piece of real estate? Is it buying a business? I would argue that the best investment is in making yourself better. So how do you invest in it's like are you actively reading books to make yourself smarter? Are you listening to books on tape? Are you obviously you already listening to podcasts so you're already ahead of 99% of people, but what are you what's your personal improvement plan? Cuz yeah. Jim Rohn also said, you know, you can only grow your income to the extent that you grow. Yeah. So if you want to make a million and I I've, I've coached multiple people who are now making millions of dollars a year and they grow into people that are—I don't want to say worthy—but people who understand how to make a million a year. Yeah, um, and it's it's very different uh, that, from if you're making fifty or a hundred thousand a year.
0: That reminds me of you know with our first business that really kind of got—it was my big education training ground. I'd done a lot of failures up until that point, which were part of my education, but this is my the success portion of my education. We started training some real estate agents on how to address a certain problem in the market at the time. But we—I watched one guy in particular. He really got this concept of building the business and the team. We'd taught team, team, team for a long time. And this guy went out and he actually got a bunch of people to do his his prospecting cold calls, set up the appointments for him. He authored a book. And then he had these people that would show up. That was the first time they would meet him. So he really positioned himself and used the team to gain leverage so that he was focused on the thing he was really good at, which was, let's look at your problem, let's look at how we can fix it, and then I'll give you a prescription. And then the team would engage again after that. So his focus was really on that area where he provided the, provided the most value, and so he gained huge leverage out of having the team, which is exactly what you've been teaching him. Love
1: it, yes. And, and so you know one example that I like is if you look at a surgeon, it's like they are a highly paid employee. But if you look at it, the surgeon isn't checking you in at the front desk. Uh, They aren't taking your blood pressure. They aren't getting you prepped for surgery. They show up kind of like you know Frank Sinatra. He doesn't move pianos or didn't move pianos. He showed up and played, and then he was on his jet. And um, and so it's very important. Uh, uh, I saw Jimmy Buffett in concert last year. Yeah. Same exact thing. He flies in on his private jet, shows up at the concert. It's all set up. He does his thing. Gets on the plane, takes off. He went to Hawaii that that exact night. Um, but one thing I want to mention on this team thing, which I think is really important, and this is a mistake I see a lot of people making, yeah, hit that. Is, um, is they settle for people that can do the job in an okay manner, or as I like to say, they settle for B players instead of A players. And I have a very clear line. An A player is somebody, if you give them a task to do... Um, they're going to just do whatever it takes to make it happen. If they need to hire somebody, they'll hire somebody. If they need to go do this, they'll do that. If they need to call this person, they'll do it. They won't get stopped or hung up on some you know, trivial matter. They'll take the project through to completion. Was that take the letter to Garcia? Exactly. Take the letter to Garcia. Great example of that. If you give somebody a letter, you want them to deliver it to somebody across lines, enemy lines, you don't want to hear the excuses. It's like, you know, just get it there you know i don't want yeah. to hear exactly how it was done it's like just make it happen and so finding a players a talent and not settling i would rather have one great employee or vendor or you know contractor versus having three that are mediocre. And I think it's really you know, important, especially with your first one or two you hire good people.
0: That's something that that we have to sometimes learn the hard way. Yes. Because oh, you only I have, have <laughs> you only have a number a limited number of seats on the bus. Yep. Essentially. Because each seat on the bus is a, a payroll you have to make. And so getting the right person on the right place can be huge because they'll it really is about leverage so if you have the right person on the team they should be creating more value than they're they're taking yes and yes. that's the sign that you got the somebody that's in the right seat is they're going to produce that return that because it's not just about what your time is worth so if my time let's say i'm getting only 500 for per hour for my time if i want to get to a million i got to make that other 500 up and leverage somewhere else right
1: exactly yeah it's it's funny cuz i cuz i look at um, one of my vendors right now or one of my contractors I should say and she is firmly an A player her official title is project manager but um, I show up to one of my meetings we do these monthly marketing summits online and in person and I show up to one of them and she's got a table set up outside of the meeting room I don't know if you've seen this because she just started doing it when she started and it says stay hydrated with my logo on it and it's got a case of water they already opened up so you can grab a water as you're walking in the room yeah I never told her to do that. I didn't even think of the idea, and I think it's a fantastic idea. I wish yeah. I would have thought of it. That's an example of an A player. They're going to bring ideas to the table, and not only bring them and say, "Henry, I think this is a good idea, but" They're going to execute. Just, she just did it because yeah. she's like, "I know it's a good idea, and if he doesn't like it, I'll take it down, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it." So I showed up there it is, I'm like, "That's a fantastic, great great job in taking action and just doing it." And, and that's the other part is being the leader of the team. It's
0: really important that you acknowledge the team play, players when they're doing what they're supposed yes. to, and when they go the extra mile, because you need to be uh, encouraging them. Because undervaluating the team players is, I think, the other pl- place where oh, I've failed in the past. You know, I, I just deal. just thought, hey, that's your job. You did it. Good well, job. And that was it. I didn't really
1: make sure to. Which is funny because if you share. if you look at what motivates people, money. I want to say the last study I saw, money is like fourth or fifth on the list. The number one thing is recognition. So, people want to be recognized. So, I do my monthly marketing contest, as you know. So, we had that last week, which was great. You know, these four people competed um, to share what they did over the last month. Normal entrepreneurs, just like the people listening, they just kind of shared, hey, here's, here's, here's what I did and took action on. Here's what worked and here's what didn't work. And, you know, there's one person who wins, and everybody gets to go to the spa. I give everybody a spa certificate now. Um, but the winner gets a hundred dollars to go out for a night in the town with his his or her significant other. And then they also get a trophy. And the trophy is not expensive, it doesn't cost me very much, but I stopped doing it. I did it for like six months when I first took over the group, and then I stopped. I'm like, Well, who we don't really need a trophy. I go to one of my clients, I finally went to her office. I see her off she's got her trophy prominently displayed in the middle shelf right above her desk. Yeah. And I'm like I'm like, You like that trick? She said when else am I going to get a trophy being an entrepreneur? It's like, never. So I, I started I doing that, the trophies
0: again. People love it.
1: I was in that, you know, the chapter when Travis
0: had it, and right. He gave something It was supposed to be returned. I didn't realize that guy kept it. It was a, <laughs> little, it was a little bold, you know? Uh, yes. and so I kept that, but we used that same thing with, um, with our group when we were doing, uh, the training for real estate agents. And we gave them this clear pexiglass laser yep. engraved on it. And, uh, I I believe those are prominently displayed, but especially for entrepreneurs, yeah.
1: because I mean, I mean, if you're a salesperson for a big company, they have all sorts of awards and trips and plaques, and you actually get too many. And as an entrepreneur, you don't get any of that. Well, There's you can't nothing. even really talk to anybody except for another entrepreneur about what you do. You can't because they don't
0: appreciate it. They're going to get jealous. They nope. don't understand what you're going through. And it's even difficult with a spouse unless they're your business partner. To it's really hard. explain it because you number one you don't want to throw all the worries on them <laughs> in the first place, but number two you just can't appreciate it unless you've been through it. So only people that really are listening here and have
1: been through it really get what we mean when we say. And 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 then that's lonely. the most important thing. Why you have to be. So I'm, I'm a big believer. You become the five people you surround yourself with. So. Whether it be in, you know, mastermind groups or coaching groups or, you know, marketing summits like I do every month, you have to be around other people that are doing well. Because if you're around people, so if you're making fifty thousand a year and you want to get to a hundred and you hang out with four other people, they play video games all day, they each make the same amount of money you do, they aren't ambitious, you're never gonna get above that. Yeah. If you hang out with people that are making more money, then just like if you play tennis or golf or whatever sport, you play with somebody better, your game rises up. You Same you thing. have to, you also have to see people that
0: you consider to be dumber than you making more money than you for you to realize. I mean, I don't mean that in a disrespectful it works. way. It works, but you'll go and you'll <laughs> see some. You go, how is that guy doing so well? And then it, it causes you to raise your game. And then you listen to all the listen to that guy because if you don't think that guy or gal is too sharp, but they're making money, they obviously know something you don't. So you can learn from them. And if you humble yourself and say, okay, this person doesn't seem that bright, but they're doing well, obviously listen to them. I, I would say that if you're an employee listening to this podcast, your boss may seem like an idiot. But he's employing you, so you should probably try and learn from him
1: because you probably know something you don't, and if you can learn that, then you can eventually be the and, boss. You, know, something you can learn something from everybody. Yeah, I've learned something from you know every person I met. I try to learn something and try to make their life better in some way. Yeah, um, but at the end of the day, if you're talking about business and you're talking about being more successful, um, a couple of my friends now they have private planes, and you know I aspire to have a private plane and. So I like to hang out with people. For them that's the norm, to fly private, and which is a whole different strata than I'm in right now. Yeah. And so being around them forces my game to think at a higher level. You know, they talk about money in a different way, just as you know, with with the two billionaires that I've met and spent time with, they talk about money in a whole different way too. I still will never forget I met this guy who was a, a healthcare magnet and had his own private private plane and I actually Was like a gopher running errands for my boss at the time, and I had to go deliver something to this guy in Phoenix, and and I'm in San Diego, so I had to fly just to deliver this package to him. I still remember he dropped his his um, money clip, and it was like I swear, like three inches thick of just hundreds, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's probably got like twenty thousand dollars cash on it," and and it just made me think like how how interesting. Then I come to find out. You always want to have cash on you because money attracts more money. So, you know, I mean, I like to have, you know, five, six hundred bucks cash. You probably shouldn't say this on the on the audio, but it's like <laughs> I always like to have I always like to have 20 bucks cash on me. You know, Never more than, I, I, you know, the driver never carries more than 20. But if you stop and think about it, you know, you know, that that becomes there's this, there's something about to the whole law of attraction. You know, money is attracted to speed. Money is also attracted to money. And there's a great book that I want to share with people if they haven't read it. It's the book that single-handedly changed my life after Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That book's amazing, obviously. And Hold classic. that book. Okay. We'll, we'll have audience
0: here that will make sure we don't forget it. That'll keep people to the very end. All right. Sounds good. You set it up pretty big. <laughs> it's that'll huge. That'll be right before your, your success principle. People that have been listening to the podcast know that you're going to end with that. Um, I'm going to kind of do a real hard break here in some ways and say... Tell us about how you use Fix Your Funnel. I know you're, you oh, are yeah. Fix Your Funnel.
1: So um, I was fortunate to have you know you come into my meeting. So I've, I've known you for a while. And we've known each other for years and have a friendship. And yeah. you know, when you started coming out with that, I still remember I was using something else. I don't remember what it was. And it wasn't for the SMS texting. It was for the send-out cards integration. And I had all sorts of problems with it. And um, you were like, hey, you really ought to you know, come over and try this out. I remember... Getting it all set up, and you actually personally got on the phone with me to help me get it set up, which was great. And um, it's 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 been amazing. So so I use it now for several things. I view it as the only must-have add-on for Infusionsoft. And everybody that I recommend, every small business client I have has said, you know, when you're ready, when you have a real business, you have real revenue, you got to get Infusionsoft, and that requires Fix Your Funnel as well. And so I personally use it for you know three main things. One is for the text messaging. So before my meetings, I send out broadcast, letting people know you can RSVP online. I send it to my entire list. I also send notifications the day of, the morning of. Hey, Joe, just wanted to give you a quick reminder. We have our meeting today. Here's the address. Click here. Can't wait to see you. Stuff like that. Yeah. So text messages, if people are listening to this, they know it's read a lot more than an email. Or any other communication, for that matter. It's what is it? A ninety-eight percent read rate now? It's crazy. It's probably higher than that. It's but probably near a hundred. Lower, yeah. you know, for right, exactly, sake. exactly. So, so people will get text messages and they will read them. Um, so I use it for that. I've also used it when I've done public speaking. To uh, you know, there's a technique where you basically give away something free from in front of the room. If people text their name and email to an address. So I've used it as an opt-in like that. So, for example, if you text – I think the big one that I used was free book. If you text free book to this number, I'll give you a free copy of my book, Um, a bunch of training videos, things like that. So I've used that when I I spoke. A mafia offer. They just couldn't refuse. Exactly. Exactly. You make them an offer they can't refuse. Exactly. And then the third thing that I've done, which I I have to say I actually probably like the most, is the send-out cards integration. Um, You know, being trained from – you know Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer and John Carlton and all these yeah. old copywriter guys. They all like direct mail, and so I like direct mail too. And that's a that was a big hole with Infusionsoft. It has no direct mail. It's all digital, and being able to take that offline. But most importantly, is automated. So, an example: um, if you go to HouradayGifts which is my my primary online funnel for people to get started with my group, and if somebody signs up. It's fully automated. So they're going to be getting emails. They're going to be getting videos. They're going to be getting training program uh, via uh, Customer Hub, which is an online uh, online membership site. And then most importantly, I think, is they actually get gifts in the mail. Yeah. So I send a letter in the mail, which comes from Fix Your Funnel, talking to Send Out Cards. I also send brownies in the mail, which is I mean, I get more comments on the brownies. Yeah. And then I send postcards. And it's all on. It's just like another email. It just happens to trigger a direct mail piece. It's awesome.
0: In today's economy especially, that is a a dwindling art. People don't realize the power of showing up outside of the email inbox. Huge. I mean, email is such a big pain right now that we have Google even is trying to fix it again, right, with their new inbox product. And the real fix... To email is to not be in the email inbox when you're mm-hmm. marketing. To show up in a different form. And we, we use the brownies for welcoming our new customers.
1: Same and thing I do. I think I might have gotten it from you. You're like, brownies are the best thing to do. I'm
0: like, all right. Well, and <laughs> I, I saw a video by another guy the other day because I always look at people's funnels, see what people are doing because that's I believe in studying what people are doing. And This guy was talking about how he gets appointments with anybody using brownies. Yep. Because he goes, I guarantee I'll get a call. If I send the brownies with this message in my in my card versus anybody else. I use humor and food because humor and food, people love. And there's enough people that are banging on their door saying, hey, do you got a second for me? Hey, could I offer you something? You know, everybody's right. trying to sell to them, but nobody's giving them food or humor. And so he believes in, I know you're a king at humor. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this during the podcast, but part of why I think Henry's group is one of the, the biggest groups in the nation is because... He uses humor in such a expert way,
1: coupled with just great information. You gotta have fun at the end of the day. I mean, you know, if you if you stop and think about the people you really like to hang out with, you know, let's not look at family but friends. Yeah. You like to hang out with people that I say make you feel better after you've met with them. Yeah. And so I always, with with every interaction, you know, with you know, meeting you guys, do this podcast, with you know, seeing my family, with seeing friends, with seeing clients. How do I make them better? In this time that we're going to spend, so they look back and say, "Man, that was that was time well spent." Yeah. And if you can smile and have fun, I mean, life's short. I mean, you got to enjoy it. And uh, just, you know. that's what uh, Jason and <laughs> I were talking about on the way up here. Is the you only have a limited number of
0: days on the planet, right? Now I believe that we're eternal beings, so we're not done do with, with death. I do but too. Yeah, but this part it's this, a very special part. part. It's a very unique part. Um, and to to waste a day of that would be so tragic. And so adding humor, light. Uh, lifting people up, I think, is a big deal.
1: Well, and I mean, you know, what's interesting, and I, I just wanted to do the quick math to remember. So, if if you are fortunate enough to live to age eighty, which is probably around the average sure. nowadays, um, by the way, a hundred years ago was age forty-seven. I went to uh, Knott's Berry Farms yesterday. No, that's not depressing. And uh, that, was, <laughs> that was that was that was kind of depressing too, because I'm in the forties now. So, but but you're going to live approximately twenty-nine thousand days. So if you think about it, your car probably costs more in dollars than days you'll live um, if you bought it new, and so uh, it, it's not that much time. So every day is precious. So choose to spend it with people you enjoy, and um, you know make sure that your business works for you, not the other way around. Which is why we're talking about this automation and you know fix your funnel. It's just it's it's required if you have Infusionsoft in my mind, and those are the three features I use the most. But I especially like the direct mail. Because, like you said, showing up in a different medium is so important.
0: Well, and let's hit that,
1: something before we started the podcast, because I think everybody knows
0: before a podcast, people always talk before <laughs> they record. But we were talking about the big challenge for people to start to get something like Infusionsoft. I think everybody looks around, they see automation is a requirement today. The technology allows it, you have to do it. Um, not being automated in a business is like saying, I'm choosing to slowly die. You know, right. a business death. So we know it's required, but yet we see so many people struggle with it. And you pointed out something very important, which was the secret is just to get a return on investment and to get a win as quickly as possible. And then you don't have to use everything, you don't have to leverage every ounce of of the technology, but you just got to get enough where you get a win. And that's the, sort of the approach you've taken with everything you've done is let's get a win. And then let's get another win. and then let's get another one. Instead of trying to hit the home run
1: every time, it's like take let's take three base hits, you know, take three hits and just and just make that happen. So I look at that with with the training program I have with the online training. So the fifty six day challenge that I walk people through. The very first thing is, you know, how do you make your business marketing easier? And that's done by having something unique and different about you. Yeah, and and we call it a marketing, you know, your USP or your unique selling proposition, but That's the first thing. How do you get that? It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, Subway's for a long time was eat fresh, you know, fresher food. Um, Papa John's still is to this day, you know, better ingredients, better pizza, you know, fresher, better. Um, Look at Subway now. They've firmly moved their USP is weight loss, which is really funny because it's a 12 inch piece of bread. It's like the most unweight loss product ever. But they got Jared out there and they found this one in a million guy who lost all this. It's like, hey, God bless Jared. That's great. But you know, their, their USP now is that. Um, if you think of Enterprise Rent-A-Car, one of my favorite examples. So Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which, by the way, owns a lot of the other companies now, and they're a family company. They've, they've killed them all. But if you look back when they first came into the marketplace, what made them different? It's the same car. You're going to get a Ford Focus or a Ford Taurus or a Chevy Malibu. It's the same car. You can't differentiate. It's the yeah. car's the car. They differentiated on three things. One is they differentiated by hiring attractive, young, college, smart kids. I know because my girlfriend at the time worked there. So they had very, and they still, you go there now, they're all young, attractive, smart people. And that's who they hire. Um, they kind of burn them out. That's a whole separate thing. But that's <laughs> who they hire. Um, the second thing is, is where are they located? Where are enterprises? All the previous car places were at the airport. Where's enterprise? I mean, I mean, where are they? They're everywhere. But primarily by insurance and auto repair property. So where you get your, you know, you get your car fixed, you get your body work done. Yeah. There's always an enterprise there because that's who they sell to. And then the third thing that they did, and this was their whole marketing campaign, which was call enterprise, we'll pick you up. So they're the only car manufacturer, car rental company that would actually come get you instead of you having to go there. So that's what I mean, same product, but three different differentiators. So it's really important when you talk about like how do you simplify this? Yeah. Start with what makes you different or better than your competitors? And just ask your customers, hey, you know, if you have a dry cleaner, why do you choose to come here instead of everywhere? Because you guys smile. You guys are friendly and you're open and just, on Sundays. Just Great. pray that they don't
0: say price. <clears throat>
1: yes. Oh, you, that's that's what you don't want. Yeah. That, a, so yeah. that's part of your
0: <laughs> – you, you have an hour a day entrepreneur online portal that people can go to. They don't have to be in San Diego to be learning your system. Right. Um, is that at the com? Yeah, it's just OurDayGifts.com. Okay, OurDayGifts. So our our gifts, yep. With an S. OurDayGifts.com. We'll put it in the notes. I would encourage you guys to go through it. I mean, Henry's, I've been through Henry's education, and it is really good. And he takes the complex and simplifies it down to bite-sized pieces. And you got the 56-day challenge. Basically,
1: you can get like a master's in marketing in 56 days. Basically. Two months. It's like I say, give me two months. It's like, you know, and really, you know, three hours a week, if that. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. And a lot of this stuff isn't difficult. Marketing is not hard. People make it harder. Than it's really not difficult. It's kind of blue-collar work. You just got to do it. So, like, I walk you through how do you do these exercises to get your USP. And then once you have it, how do you set up a funnel and a sales system to leverage it? Well, that's the thing I've seen over and over again is it's just a matter of going through
0: the steps. If you go through the steps, you get the education. The marketing education, I think that's where the real leverage is anyway. So don't get hung up on the technical stuff. Like I tell people that get Infusionsoft, for example, I say, don't learn how to use Infusionsoft. There are a ton of people out there that know how to use it.
1: And who love it and who yeah. study it every day. Yeah, right. let
0: them be the greatest at it. I guarantee you, you'll get leverage paying them to set up stuff for you. You just think about the marketing strategy. So get the marketing education with Henry. Apply it with somebody that knows how to set up and, and run Infusionsoft. But you really have to steer the boat. And that's, I think, the thing. Now, I want to – I know we're short on time because you've got a, a new appointment you've got to get to soon. What is the number one success principle that you would account for all your leverage? And also remember to include that book.
1: Okay. So um, so I'll hit the book first so that's the easy one. So uh, the book is a, by a guy named Stuart Wilde, Wilde with an E on the end, W-I-L-D-E. And it's called The Trick to Money is Having Some. And it it's kind of takes the law of attraction and makes it very practical and pragmatic as to how do you actually apply it. So as an example, we went to Knott's Berry Farm yesterday, which is a a big amusement park. Up, It's actually the first amusement park in the world, and we haven't been there in years. Our kids had never been there, so we went up there. and It was really fun, and at two points during the day, I saw a penny on the floor, on the ground. These pennies were not pretty pennies, by the way. They were kind of nasty, and my kids know that I pick up money when I see it, and when you read that book, you'll understand it doesn't matter if it's $100, $1,000, or a cent. Either you take the money that God and the universe sends you or you don't. And so you have to take money when it's sent your way. When you get free money, God doesn't work on denominations. It's not like, well, I sent you a 100 and you took it. It's like either you take the gift or you don't. So every time I see a gift of money, I take it, yeah. which is what you want. So then you're in this this mode of being able to receive and be attractive to money. So he walks you through all these great exercises. It's a It's a very entertaining book. And it's um, not
0: very big either. It's
1: not that long. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and it's wonderful. So, yeah. I mean, and I know that you've read it and it's yeah, powerful. It's good. Yes. Yes. So, so that's, that's the first thing. And then on the, on the success principle, I was kind of thinking about, you know, which one to share. So I'm going to give three, three of them that all kind of work together and they're all around the time management. Um, so the first thing is, is uh, block your time. So work in blocks of time. And it's kind of a simple concept, but when I say that you have to work in uninterrupted blocks of time. Okay. So with you and I here, we've done this podcast for an hour or so. Um, you know, we're not getting interrupted very much. Um, you know, we're not having, you know, people knock on the door, our phones are muted, you're focused. And that's if you apply that focus every day for at least three or four hours, you'll get way more done than if you work eight hours in an unfocused state. So that's the first thing is time blocking. Uh, the other one, and these are kind of related, is I'm a big believer in in taking some time to plan. Ideally, the night before what you're going to do the next day, yeah. And so really? just blocking your time to say, okay, I know I've got to do this, this, and this. I'm going to block those hours out, preferably in the morning, and just work on those things. But you plan the night before what you're going to do the next day, and just make a list. Hey, if if I got nothing else done but these three big big rocks or big goals, I'm going to be happy. And then the last thing is, and this is something I started doing recently, and, I, and I'm very happy uh, that I started it, is having a daily checklist. Which is, I mean, you know, I've 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 taken flying lessons, so I, and I've and I, and I and I know a lot of pilots, and everything you do in a plane is off a checklist. Now, even if you've flown that plane five hundred times, what happens if you don't use a checklist? Is what happened with the flight in San Francisco, where they clipped the you yeah. know, runway coming in and uh, had a disaster. So. Everything is off a checklist, even if you've done it time and time again. So you have a marketing checklist. You have a daily checklist. What are the things you want to get done every day? And I use Evernote, which is a great free program you can download, put it on your phone, put it on your laptop, your computer, your tablet. And it all synchronizes. So I have a daily checklist. And I check off things as I go. And nothing gives you a better feel than to check something off. That's an
0: accomplishment.
1: It's an accomplishment. And even the simple things. So for me... I have a little tickler file that I check every day. If I check that, I get a checkbox and it takes me a whole three seconds. I haven't done it today, I'll do it right now. I go over, I flip it, open it up. Okay, great, done, check it off. So it is the work to those checklists because it also lets you look back and have some kind of measuring tool to say, how did I do today? And little things like, did I eat healthy? Did I get at least a half hour of exercise? Did I take my vitamins? Did I take my fish oil? then I walk my dog? then I spend time with my family? Did I have a family dinner or family meal? All that stuff. And, and then all the business. The, the focus is so critical
0: as an entrepreneur because you, you know, there's the old saying, you know, I had a terrible boss and so I started my own business and now I got even worse. <laughs> and the reason exactly. why is because there's nobody to tell you what to do as an I, entrepreneur. You have to... You have to always be directing the ship, and if we think about a cruise liner, if the captain walked away and said, "You know what? I, I'm just not going. I'm going to go move the wheel around," but not paying attention to where they're going, they're going to run into the sandbar. You know. Yep. So you have to have that direction. You have to have that focus. And I can can't agree with you more. When I am at the top of my game, I'm working off checklist. I'm working off objectives. And I like to break it down just like you were saying there, too. Top three. What are my top three? Because top you can. Three. There's so much detail in every item anyway. But if you get the top three, then at least you're focused and you can get done. You get one thing done. If you run into problems, that's going to happen. But you power through them and then you get the next one. And if you don't get all three done that day, it really isn't the end of the world. I know there are people that would disagree with me, but I would say it's not the end of the world. Just reevaluate that night get your top three again. And if it was really important, sometimes I've noticed top three items will kind of drop off. It right. turns out they my initial judgment wasn't that good on that, and it wasn't really the top three. Well, and also there are there are
1: days, and this, this was hard for me with this time blocking. So when I wrote my book, for example, um, I blocked my time. This is before you and I did our whole book writing program, which, yeah. by the way, if people haven't written a book, get the book writing program that Ryan and I did because it's amazing. But at the end of the day, if you stop and think about it, writing a book, it it, it takes time. I mean, you have to block off the time. And there were, I I mean, I'd spent a couple of days. I did nothing but write the book. So when I looked at my checklist that day, I got one thing, work on book. So it doesn't feel very good because you only worked on one thing. But in reality, it's very important. It's not urgent, but it's really, really important. So work on those things that are very, very important. Stephen Covey, call them quadrant two activities. Yeah. Important, but not urgent working out. Is never going to be so important. You're going to have people breathing down your neck, but is it? A, I mean, is it a vitally important thing to do? Yes, it's never going to be urgent, but it's important. And that, let's close there because
0: of time. But I think that one of the things that's been a secret of success for us is keeping the focus on the long term instead of letting the short term overcome. Because cash flow is always a challenge in any business. It always is. Um, Unless you're Nintendo. I understand Nintendo <laughs> sitting on like several billion dollars so they can nice. afford to lose money. Nice. But you know, that's good because that allows them to focus on long term. So they don't make short term decisions because they keep the focus on the long term. And things like you were just talking about, writing a book, you know, becoming an author, positioning type things. These are never urgent. Never. Never urgent. Yet those are the things where you gain huge leverage. Um, planning out your day is almost never urgent. There's always something that will fill your day, yes. but it's always important. It always makes the difference. Yeah. And
1: by the way, if, if, if you've never, this will give you a podcast you should do as, I mean, because people should be listening to all of these, but you should do a podcast where you tell your whole story, if you haven't already, of how you got your book done and what you did and the event you went to and how you used it. Cause that, that to me is like a prime example of how you took something that was really important, but not urgent. And you made it urgent by you know kind of sandwiching it with yeah. an event and i thought that was just i mean i use that example all the time I well, well to... then if henry says it i'll do it so next podcast people will, will, will be love there. it yes it's um, really part, good <laughs> henry it
0: has been truly a pleasure i mean i enjoy every one of these because the people that i've had the privilege of interviewing are always amazing but honestly this has been a true pleasure henry i consider you a great friend but he is a great mentor um you guys, if you get the opportunity to work with Henry, you'll know what I mean. He really does have this brilliant mind for being able to point people in the right direction. And he asked me questions that forced me to say, Whoa, where am I headed? And I end up heading in a better direction. He's had a huge impact on our business. And I really appreciate you making time to be here today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I really thank people for listening because if you actually tune into this and you heard and you're listening to the end, You're already in the 1% because you're focused on making yourself better. So congratulations and keep on pushing ahead. Have a great next year. Thanks, buddy. Thank you.